This is the Data Privacy Detective, and today we're turning our spyglass on how our location information is shared and the risks this poses for personal privacy. We're going to be discussing a lawsuit filed in August of 2022 by the United States Federal Trade Commission, the FTC, against Kochava. Now, Kochava is an Idaho-based data brokerage firm. And this case gets into how geolocation information is acquired and shared and sold by data brokers like Kochava. And then is there a law that protects personal privacy in what, what happens? And we're going to get right into it. And joining us today as, as my guest is Mike Swift. Mike, thank you very much for joining us in this very interesting uh, subject. Oh, well, thanks for having me, Joe. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here. Well, Mike, you're the chief global digital risk correspondent for MLEX Market Insight. And some of our listeners, I'm sure, are well aware of what LexisNexis is. And MLEX Market Insight is owned by LexisNexis. And there, uh, Mike, you had the data privacy and data security coverage. And MLEX, for those who don't know, is a global news organization with reporters based in Europe, Asia, Australia, and the Americas. And they cover this space between technology and the law with a real focus on data protection, uh, antitrust issues. And today we're really talking about uh, this interesting lawsuit filed in August of 2022 by the FTC. So what's the FTC claiming, Mike? Well, uh, this suit is essentially claiming that Kocheva, by combining people's specific geolocation data and an identifier for their phone, is allowing um, people, uh, you know, third parties essentially to track uh, the precise movements of people. And they're saying that consumers are being harmed by this practice, that it would allow people, say, a, a uh, a domestic abuser to track a woman who is trying to avoid domestic violence. It would allow entities to track women seeking reproductive health services, and it would invasively uh, allow for the targeting of advertising about very revealing specific aspects of a person's life that that uh, is not desirable. So it's a very interesting suit, and um, there's going to be an interesting road ahead in, in how it plays out, I think. Oh, yes, indeed. And, uh, you know, we're talking now in, uh, just after Halloween 2022 and the, the tragic event around the husband of the Speaker of the House of Representatives, this, this kind of information could, if, if accessible, could help people know, well, where is the Speaker of the House or a member of Congress? Or, I mean, it has all sorts of implications, doesn't it? It does. It does. And um, location data can be very revealing of really the most intimate aspects of a person's life. Basically, it identifies where you live because uh, you, if you look at where a phone is located at four o'clock in the morning, that's going to be a very good indicator of a person's residence, basically. And, and same thing for a place of work or if you're accessing medical facilities regularly or other places, houses of worship, it's going to potentially identify your religion. So it's um, very sensitive information, and it's increasingly being regulated around the world. Right. And, and viewed that way as sensitive personal information, not just personal information. So the uh, the FTC, now, the, this Federal Trade Commission, 
how does it get into the act? This is not the Federal Privacy Commission. So how, how does the FTC uh, claim that it has authority in this case? So the FTC's involvement on privacy really goes back about uh, more than uh, 24 years now. I think their first enforcement was in 1998 of digital privacy. And essentially they took on, as, as the commercial internet sprung up in the 1990s, they really took on the role of being the, the nation's digital privacy regulator under their consumer protection authority. And so they have built up uh, more than 20 years of case law on that. Um, this is really a pioneering case, though, and it's, it's unique in a lot of ways. And it really indicates, um, I think, the, um, the willingness of the new Democratic majority on the FTC to, to really kind of expand their footprint for how they regulate privacy. Yeah, the, the decision here was four to one whether to file a case, one Republican commissioner dissenting. But I right. guess that means that at least one Republican commissioner went along with it. Right. And that was Christine Wilson, who is um, uh, a Republican, but who has had really strong views, been very vocal on privacy. She's um, been skeptical about the broad rulemaking effort that uh, the FTC, the Democratic majority is pursuing. Um, but she um, is a very strong voice, uh, particularly on children's privacy, and she voted to bring this case, which is kind of an interesting little sub footnote in, uh, in itself. Well, and it, 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 tell me if I'm right, the FTC under Section 5 of the act that created it is, is there to allow the FTC to consider unfair or deceptive practices. And this isn't claimed to be a deceptive practice, uh, is it? It's really, this is. The FTC saying this is an unfair uh, business practice of what Kochev is doing by sharing location data, uh, probably without a lot of people knowing it's happening. Is that the essence of it? That's correct. And that's what's uh, one of the things that's really um, interesting and different about this case, that it's relying uh, exclusively on the FTC's uh, uh, ability to uh, regulate uh, its prohibition against uh, unfair uh, practices. And by that, um, the standard for unfa an unfair practice is that it's harmful to consumers, consumers could not reasonably avoid the practice, and that there's no mitigating beneficial aspect to the practice. And that third thing, um, Kochava is pushing back on immediately, um, uh, basically saying that there's huge benefits to consumers of collecting location data. I mean, anybody yeah. who's done, you know, a map inquiry on their phone knows that. So um, we that'll use be an GPS interesting argument all the time, don't we? Yeah, we'll get we to do. that in a minute. But before we leave the FTC's side of the case, I think you uh, recently talked with one of the FTC commissioners. And, and what did uh, that commissioner have to say about this case? Right. Um, I interviewed Alvaro Bedoya, who is the uh, newest member of the FTC about a week ago. We'll be publishing that interview in the next day or so at MLEX. And what uh, Commissioner Bedoya said was that he views this as a very important case, that this is a solid case in his, his words, and that he uh, says that the business community should really take the message from the FTC that they're very serious about uh, policing the use of location data, which uh, Bedoya has called uh, woefully unprotected. 
despite the fact that it's so revealing of a person's life. So, yeah. um, you know, the broader context is that the FTC may be doing more of this type of enforcement going forward. Well, certainly we saw Google jump uh, jump on the bandwagon to protect privacy ever more so when Roe v. Wade was overruled. And it's right. frankly a little hard to do if you go into Google and try to try to say, hey, don't do that to me. But, uh, but at least, uh, you know, there's one enormous business uh, collecting, uh, you know, biggest search engine company in the world and beyond that, saying they too on the business side are very sensitive to uh, uh, to privacy issues and uh, w- w- no matter what the law may be. But now, October 28, 2022, Kochava has said, wait a minute, court, you should dismiss this case. And, and what is the basis of the request that the defendant here is making? Well, first of all, they're they're making two arguments. They filed a motion to dismiss just the other day to dismiss the FTC suit. And one argument that they're making is that um, there was no harm here, that the data that Kocheva uh, collects, it, it does basically, it is tied to a specific identifier code on a phone. And but, now we're going to learn, a, a lot of us are going to learn a new acronym, MAID, M-A-I-D. MAID, right. Not, not meaning somebody a hopper to clean your house. What does it mean? <laughs> <laughs> that means mobile advertising identifier uh, for, and I guess the D is for device. Uh, device. But uh, but um, this is a code. Uh, it's a bunch of, one of a number of identifiers that are tied to mobile devices that allow advertisers to basically um, track um, the activities across apps on a device. So okay, so um, if I have a smartphone, uh, I have a maid without even knowing it, probably. And you, and you Kochev is really saying, well, we're giving. Oh, oh we're, we're not telling it. It's uh, Joe Daner or somebody. We're we're just sharing a number. Is that sort of the uh, what they're saying? That's exactly right. Yeah, they're saying that um, we none of the data that we we collect is tied to a person's name or email address or any other identifier, but the MADE code. However, the FTC is going to counter argue that um, it's very easy to cross-reference a MADE number with, uh, with with other databases that will tie it to a name or right. a physical address. Right. It's so, not even um, pseudonymized or anonymized. It's, it's, correct, it's, correct. It's a number it's, they're giving out, like a social security number. Well, you can, uh, one way or another, figure out who that is once you that's have right. it. That's the FTC position. That's the FTC's position. Um, the second argument Kocheva is making is that um, uh, there is a huge benefit to location data, as we mentioned earlier, and so therefore that's a medi- mitigating factor that would make this not an unfair violation. So, well, let's let's talk about that one. I mean, it's it's one thing for us to use geolocation information, and I, I, almost all of us probably do that. Uh, right. You know, we want to drive, we find the quickest way to get there, we go on there. We're using geolocation data. But, but wait a minute, uh, Kocheva is not, not collecting it, it's obtaining it from somebody that collected it, correct? They're a data broker. What's the great benefit of having data brokers? Well, their argument would be that um, it basically allows you to have access to um, advertising that is more relevant and important to you. So, you know, if it's maybe 11.55 a.m. and you're getting hungry for lunch and you, you happen to be driving past your favorite hamburger restaurant, maybe you see an ad for that and, oh, wow, oh, yeah, I can go get a, you know, In-N-Out burger or yep. whatever. And and, uh, and that's a benefit to people. And it's a benefit to the economy as well, because it supports a lot of businesses and a lot of jobs. So um, well, that that's would essentially argue that if argument. somebody wants that, the, they, they should be able to enable it. But likewise, 
Could we turn it off, though? I mean, let's say we, we don't mind uh, Google if we use, uh, you know, Google Maps to get to a restaurant. But we may want Google not to share that with somebody, right? Wouldn't that not an individual right we have? That's correct. And that's one of uh, Kocheva's arguments that um, the made number is one that can be changed or switched off in a phone if you know how to manipulate your settings. Probably not many people do, but it is uh, they are arguing possible to do. So um, they're saying that it is possible for consumers to control this process. And uh, very, very interesting argument. And they're, they're going beyond that. They're changing. Uh, they're challenging the uh, constitutional authority, even of the FTC to act in this case, aren't they? Their response has been really bellicose, and it's interesting tactically what they've done. Um, as soon as they got the draft complaint from the FTC, they sued the FTC. So they basically kind of jumped the gun. They didn't wait for the FTC to sue them. They sued the FTC first and challenged their constitutional authority to bring this suit. Those two complaints have now been consolidated under the same judge in Coeur d'Alene, Idaho. So he'll deal with both of those arguments. But um, yeah, they're, they've basically, um, they also published a blog post from their CEO, Charles Manning, who, who basically told the market, um, the FTC is basically trying to involve us in their own political fight over abortion. And we're not going to stand for that. We didn't harm anybody and we're going to fight this. So um, they are, uh, you know, they're basically uh, saying that we're not going to roll over. We are going to fight. And so that's going to make this very interesting going down the down, going down the road. Yes, I think. And I think his, his remarks also include that uh, Kocheva is sensitive to privacy and uh, is not against right. the idea that we should be able to control who gets uh, gets our information. Correct. Right. They did. They announced a new product called Privacy Block, which you you know, would allow people to block out the location data of any sensitive location, such as, you know, an abortion provider. You could maybe quibble with their timing of that. They announced that the day before they sued the FTC. So um, you could say, well, why didn't they do this before? Why did they wait for the FTC to come after them before they allowed, <laughs> it, you know, but um, maybe, maybe I'm being a cynic there. I doubt many people have ever heard of Kocheva. What am I supposed to do if I want to block it? I, I don't even know to write to them, you know, so it'll be an interesting uh, uh, combat in the courts. Well, let's talk generally uh, just a bit, Mike, about uh, the, the type of sensitive information, we've already uh, discussed this some, but, but this geolocation information uh, can lead to all sorts of bad things. That doesn't mean it will. And one can also see the positive sides. It's uh, right. what technology often brings us, uh, nuclear energy for uh, powering a, a plant and lighting a city and also destroying a city. Uh, is, is that what we're dealing with? You know, I, th- I think it is that, um, you know, clearly, uh, you know, one of the great benefits of these devices that have changed our lives over the last decade is their, you know, ability to um, to sense location, right? And, and I mean, you're, you never have to be lost again. You know, those of us who remember life before smartphones remember being lost. I mean, that never happens anymore, right? Because you can basically just use location to find out where you are. You know, I use it for hiking when I'm out in the woods and yeah. I, I, you know, you're never lost anymore. So um, it's, it's a transformative technology for sure. But on the other hand, um, 
as you mentioned, yeah, uh, Kosheva has this privacy block thing, but how would you know about it? I mean, most people are not going to be sensitive to that. And, and there are many data brokers. Vermont was the first state to get into the act of at least requiring them to register. And there, there are well more than 100 that have registered in Vermont saying, yeah, we're a data broker. Nothing right, legitimate right. about our business. Here we are. So right, right. It'll be an interesting battle. Well, what uh, we, but, but, you know, part of the weakness here. Uh, in the United States, we have no overarching federal law about data privacy the way the EU does and many other countries now have. And we'll see if we ever get there uh, with congressional action. But uh, if the FTC doesn't have enforcement, and Idaho, as far as I know, has no law that deals with what Kocheva uh, is doing, does that leave us then in a totally unregulated space for data brokers? Uh, well, those were pretty much exactly the words of Commissioner Bedoya, that we are in a wholly unregulated space for location data as, as things stand in the United States right now. You know, that is starting to change. Um, you know, if the federal privacy legislation were passed, um, that would change. Uh, the outlook for that is very uncertain, however. Um, some of the states are now starting to regulate location data as very sensitive data of, that, that consumers can control more. But, you know, again, only five states have passed those laws. So there are 45 states, including Idaho, that do not have these laws. So, right. um, so it, it, Wade's reversal may may expedite uh, focus on the location data, though, I'm sure. I think that's right. Um, you know, I was reading a blog by a, a, a pretty prominent privacy scholar the other day who said that the Dobbs decision was the most important piece of privacy news over the past year. Um, even though it wasn't really about digital privacy, you know, it's really changed the focus of regulators. And, um, you know, I think it's going to have wide repercussions in the digital privacy space. Well, it certainly will. I mean, can a Texas bounty hunter now uh, you know, go to Coach Shave and say, give me all the uh, MAIDs of uh, people in Texas who called, uh, you know, a woman's health clinic? Well, that's exactly what they could do. They could... Um, find the address of a woman's health clinic in another state. They could say, show me the MAIDs of every phone who has visited that place. And then they could conceivably purchase a different data set that would tie those MAIDs back to people's identity. And that is the exact harm that the FTC is flagging here. Um, the legal argument Kocheva is making is that you can't do that with just our data. You would have to bring in the data from another data broker to do that. But so we haven't harmed anybody with what we're doing. So so it'll be interesting to see how the judge untangles that. And whether the the, the law for the Federal Trade Commission is is specific enough to satisfy the, uh, the different view of the U.S. Supreme Court in light of its recent uh, decisions about administrative law. Well, let me let me just turn to uh, two last topics with you, Mike, briefly as we uh, round third base and head to home. It's World Series time. Uh, <laughs> what what advice do you have for businesses who they, they basically want to avoid compliance issues like this? Nobody wants to be sued by by anybody, including certainly a federal agency. So, what advice to deal with this tangle of issues do you have for businesses? So do a lot of reading, I think would be my advice that, um, you know, 
the new California, the new sort of upgraded California privacy law takes effect on January 1st and some of the uh, other states. 2023, laws that's right. Of two, yeah, just a few months away, a few weeks away, really. That's right. And while enforcement isn't going to begin for a few months and the new California privacy regulator has said that they're going to be, um, they're going to consider uh, companies' good intentions with enforcement. So it'll be a gradual ramp up. Um, it's a very fluid situation right now because we don't know what's going to happen with the federal legislation that would preempt a lot of these state laws. So um, you really, uh, if you're a business, you really need to um, kind of put your uh, study cap on here and really sort of track very carefully what's happening uh, with the states and with Congress on uh, privacy legislation. Also keep uh, your eyes on what the FTC is doing with their privacy rulemaking, where if Congress doesn't act, it seems like the FTC is gonna try and include that in uh, uh, the rules that they would be issuing at some point in the next year or so. So things are gonna change a lot in the next two years. We don't know how yet. That's the, the million dollar question. So, well, we know from so, California that uh, Sephora, uh, the uh, perfume and uh, company that, that does such a nice job and certainly wonderful marketing and brand, you know, was sued by the uh, California attorney general. And there was a settlement that, uh, that they had to post a do not sell my information uh, button uh, on right. their, their website. Right. And that, that's just California getting to the act. Then you look more broadly globally. And I wonder if anybody can be in compliance with the laws of the world. I just hesitate. Yeah. Um, that may totally. be impossible yeah. to be in perfect. Yeah. Good luck yeah. to everyone. And what advice finally, Mike, do you have for individuals who really don't want their location uh, tracked by third parties and don't want it? You know, let's say they're using Google Maps. They don't want Google to share that with data brokers who then sell it on to people and entities they've never heard of. Right. So Google has its own issues with uh, state attorneys general. They're currently fighting four lawsuits uh, filed by the states of Washington, Indiana, Texas, and the District of Columbia uh, over their use of location data. They, Google just paid $85 million to settle with the Arizona attorney general on its use of location data. And really, I, I think the advice for individuals would be like, get really familiar with the settings on your smartphone and how you can limit what type of location data is being collected. Um, you probably cannot stop it. Uh, you can't stop all data, all collection of location data, but you can, using the settings on your phone, certainly minimize that to a great degree. And so, um, you know, people just kind of need to get educated and, and, you know, think a little bit about what data they're comfortable sharing and what data they want to restrict. And, um, uh, that, you know, we all are kind of responsible for our own education here, I think. Yes, indeed. And then you're really saying focus on, on, on the important thing, which is the collection of the geolocation data. Right. And limiting right. whoever's doing that, whether it's Google or uh, DuckDuckGo or whatever it is uh, who's, who's collecting the information from Correct. sharing it without your consent and approval. Yep. yep. And not just accepting the default settings on your uh, smartphone that you might have. Yep, and very few people do that. They don't really dig into the settings, and uh, but there's a lot you can do. I mean, uh, even with an Android phone, to um, to assure your privacy, uh, Google has, to its credit, made some improvements that really um, uh, uh, automatically uh, 
uh, turns off the location permissions for apps if you don't use them and forces yeah. you to really make choices about what location data apps have. So um, they are making some progress there, you know, under pressure from regulators, but it's, it's really down to consumers to get educated about this stuff. So true. Well, Mike, thank you very much for taking us on a tour of this really important issue and giving good tips on what individuals and businesses can do. Uh, as always, I will close by reminding us all, protecting your personal data begins with you.